everybody and welcome to another episode of this podcast. Today we are talking about cultural Christianity. Now what does that mean? Pr- probably you've heard about cultural or culture in other contexts, not probably in the context of Christianity. And in most cases you've heard Christianity uh, without necessarily you hearing a culture in the context of it. Now granted, both of these two subjects or two terms, they are essentially a way of life. Well, many people don't see Christianity as a way of life, but true and genuine Christianity is actually a way of life. It is a whole worldview on its own. It is how we see life. It is how we interpret life. It is how we act. It is how we conduct ourselves. It is how we approach situations. It is how we address situations. It is how we deal with others. It is how we interpret certain actions. It is how we do basically everything. Christianity was meant or is meant to be a way of life. But one thing I have noticed recently is, I, I, not just recently, it is happening. It has been happening for a very long time, and this is something that, even from the scripture, it is amazing that it is also picked up in the scripture. So it's been a phenomenon that has been with the church or that has been with the people of God for a very long time, and that is the habit of mixing tradition or culture with the Christian way of life. Now, culture is good. Culture is great in some cases because most culture has a Judeo-Christian background to it. You may not agree with it in all scenarios, but if you dig deep down into most tradition, you'll realize there's an element that aligns with the Christian worldview. The value that this culture that they, ex- that they espouse, they are essentially in alignment with the Christian worldview. Granted, there are a lot of things that are wrong in some tradition. There are a lot of things that, are, that can be wrong with tradition, and, and that's really the point of today's episode, in the sense that we've got to stop mixing culture and tradition with Christianity. And what we haven't realized is for a whole number of Christians, for a whole number of people, all that we practice, all that we follow is essentially culture and not the Christian way of life. We interpret, we approach every aspect of our lives from our cultural perspective, not necessarily from the scriptural perspective. This is something that got into the forefront because we have just been observing um, some some happenings around me and I keep wondering like where did we go wrong in the church where did we go wrong as Christians how come Christians are no longer acting as Christians we are essentially following culture we are essentially being dictated to by the society or the societal norm Whereas we should be getting our cues, we should, we should be getting our directions from the scripture, from what God has said, from what, from, from what God has revealed in his word. Instead, we are interpreting the precepts of God. We are interpreting the word of God from the cultural perspective. And that saddens me. 
It saddens me because a lot of people are not experiencing, they are not enjoying God the way they are meant to enjoy God simply because of this. On every single issue, if we, if we go via the culture or traditional route, of course we'll produce results after the tradition of men. Now, culture on its own, like I said, it's a way of life. Culture is determined by the societal norm of a group of people over a long period of time. It is something that is passed down to us. We start looking at things like, you know, this is um, how we've always done it. In most cases, we just think we should continue it. And that will struggle in this day and age, in this postmodern world where everything is questioned the validity of every norm of every value is questioned and that's why a lot of young folks will say most of the things most of the value that we cherish most of the value that we espouse as believers they are essentially social constructs we talk about christianity as a religion yes it is a religion but in a sense it is not a religion it is a way of life this is something that is reflective in the way in our in our conduct in our dispositions in our in our attitude to life the bible says in romans 12 2 that we should not conform to the to to the ways of this world rather we should be transformed by the renewal of our mind by the renewal of our of our mind by the word of god we are not supposed we are not supposed to to interpret life to approach life from our own cultural perspective or now granted in most cases like i said in some cases i will accept that some cultural norms are aligned with the scripture but even at that we should not interpret the scripture from the cultural lens we should interpret the scripture from the scripture we use scripture to interpret scripture to really get what the scripture says so that we can have a balanced perspective on a particular topic or on a particular subject or any particular aspect of our lives i look at how people handle institutions like you know marriage like you know your 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 work your you know your vocation and those are the two primary things that I probably will dwell on today because it has been it has been viewed for a long time from a secular or I'll say from a traditional perspective we approach marriage we approach work as if it's a canal, as if it's, it's something that does not have a basis from the scripture. So all the attitude, all the thinking, all the, the, the pressure, the culture or the abuse that the culture brings into these two institutions, we embrace as believers and we think that is the, that is the norm. We need to get back to the scripture. We need to get back to authentic and real Christianity, guys. We need to do that. Because it is in going back to the basis that we experience the power of Christianity. Many people interpret life from the cultural perspective. That is not the desire of God. The desire of God is that we interpret everything from the lenses of the scripture 
on what is on what his word says on what the word of god says on what the truth of god is if we deviate from that then we run into problems because we have no foundation to stand upon we have no foundation to stand on i was recently watching you know there was this um, interview between this american podcaster matt walsh and a circular um podcaster joe rogan and they were discussing the institution of marriage and even though matt walsh was coming from the christian christian perspective he was trying to support his argument from a secular or a more philosophical standpoint not necessarily wanting to reference the scripture the problem with that is if we take away the scripture we really do not have any leg to stand on in any of these issues on any of this subjects the word of god has to be our authority it has to be our authority every world view has an authority the authority behind the worldview now to some it may be scientific worldview it may be science might be the authority now not that those things are wrong but in and of themselves they cannot produce anything they do not have legs they do not have foundation science doesn't create anything science makes you understand the world and what is but doesn't necessarily provide the explanation for how it got there in the first place or for what purpose a thing has been put in place there can be no scientific explanation or backing or argument that can be made for marriage or work people just know you have to work and everyone gets into the rat race maintains the status quo they just keep doing the work they just keep working you know wake up every day come back every evening at the end of the month you get your pay then we will start again the following month when you ask people so why do you do what you do many people can't answer that question simply because well that's what they've always known culture has taught us that a man must work a man must provide for his family a man must all those things are good but why do you do, do you have to do that who says you have to do that you see and that's the question that everyone i think younger generation today they are they are asking why do i have to do this why do i have to work why do i have to go to church why do i have to pray why do i have to do this why do i have to do this why do i have to get married it's simply because we have gotten off the original design of god and bible is no longer our authority rather we have looked to culture which changes by the way which changes by the way it is not something that is static forever remember i mentioned something quick i said culture is based as uh, is based on societally acceptable norms and that can change that can change if the value of the society changes then essentially the norms in the society in the society can change and that's why our authority has to always be the word of god and that is what we need to return to 
a lot of people are frustrated at what the work they are doing a lot of people are not enjoying the work they do today they are not deriving a sense of satisfaction a sense of completeness a sense of fulfillment from what they do today because all they've known their lives is just that to just do to just maintain the status quo you just want to you know you work so you can pay the bills so that you can feed your family so that you can live a good life you know you travel overseas or to some well that's more of a privilege um, perspective but to most people you just work to well take care of yourself your family and that's it but what what does the Bible have to say about work? Or where did work come from? Where did, where did the concept of work comes from? It comes from the scripture. It comes from the Bible. It's com- it comes from the very beginning of all things. In the, the very first revelation of God to man is that God works. God began creation. The first responsibility God gave to man is to work work is not a result of the fall of man as some Christian will think work actually came before the fall work is God's design for man God placed man in the garden of Eden and then told man to work it and keep it so work actually glorifies God And that is why the scripture says that whatever you do, do it as unto God. If you are working to please your employee, do it as unto God. You are not serving man, you are serving God. God is glorified in all that we do. Remember, our primary purpose in life is to give God glory, is to please God. Everything we do has to be aligned to that purpose, has to be aligned to that ultimate goal. When we go to work, we are pleasing God. And we do it as unto God. That is why we work. And we have to let that ultimate purpose or ultimate creator drive everything that we do. Your work is not, work is good, but your work is not your ultimate source. God is your ultimate source. So let's not live like mere men, like the Bible says. Let's live like children of God. Let's take our cues from God. What God has said, how God intended us to do those things. If we are to work and we know work glorifies God, let's do those things that please God, those things that brings honor to God, those things that glorify God. If you find yourself working for someone, do it unto God. God will God will still receive glory out of it, and God can guide you to do all the things. Don't be too too caught up in your in your circle or in your norm of life that you fail to acknowledge or you fail to realize that the ultimate reason you do all this is to give God glory 
asked my wife a while back, I said, why do we even marry? Well, well I, I, was, I was asking myself that question also. That people have this wrong notion that marriage is essentially a social construct. But that's not true. That is not true. But also, I started thinking about it to say, well, why do we even get married? And mostly I've watched a lot of people try to talk about marriage and mostly everyone says primarily is to raise a family, primarily is for procreation because God said um, be fruitful and multiply. But if you look at it carefully, right, if you look at it carefully, God wasn't necessarily talking about marriage then. When God gave that commandment that be fruitful and multiply, it wasn't really talking about marriage he was just talking about procreation just as is with with all the other animals that god created god had always created there's a pattern to every design of god god created man god created every creature male and female and the, the sole reason for that is procreation so it only totally makes sense that when god created man god created man male and female so that man male and female can procreate but just as with other animals there was nothing mentioned of marriage animals don't get married but they procreate animals don't get married there is male and female for procreation and really, if we really want to be fruitful, if we really want to procreate, then there really is no restriction to who you can mate with. Just like we see in the animal kingdom, they can, a single male can meet, mate with multiple females. Well, why can't we do that since, well, we essentially are... If marriage is essentially for procreation, then doesn't it make sense that for us to have more children, for us to be able to, us to have the ability to, to create more offspring, we should mate with multiple people. Probably that's the reasoning behind, I'm not saying that that is, but probably that's the reason um, behind uh, people marrying multiple wives so that they can increase their offspring. But that's not why that God wasn't even talking about marriage then. God started talking about marriage in Genesis 2, verse 20, 24 and 26. That's when God introduced marriage. And it's so in, interesting that when God made mention of marriage, when, when marriage was first mentioned in the scripture, which is really the the, the inception or the conception of marriage. God said, for this reason, that reason is marriage. For this reason shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cling unto his wife and the two shall become one flesh. The two shall become one flesh. You will notice there is no mention of producing offspring there. The primary purpose that we marry is to give God glory in the union of it, in us becoming one in marriage, in us becoming one. Why is it so important? Why is that union so important? Because that reflects the character of God. An attribute of God is the union of God of the Godhead. When you have three distinct persons functioning as a single being in perfect unity, in perfect will, in perfect synergy, 
they are equal in authority in power in everything but yet they function as one in the, the dynamics of the trinity there is the concept in there that we find of authority and submission that is where marriage came from that is where the idea of marriage came from that is where the unity of marriage came from from that oneness that we see in unity god wants us to replicate that in marriage that's why he instituted the the, the institution of marriage so that man and woman become become one and exhibit the attribute of God because we are like God and that's why he has given only humans only mankind the ability to marry that's why animals don't marry because animals were not made in the image of God man was made in the image of God so that man can reflect that character of God in the union of marriage now all the things are there yes you are going to procreate that is there but the oneness is the essence of God because it glorifies God that is where God's holiness that is where God's God God, God is given glory and that is why we don't we don't permit promiscuity. We don't permit adultery in marriage. That is why the Bible says bed on the father. That is why we have to keep the marriage holy. It is why we call it holy matrimony. Because it needs to be made, it needs to be kept holy because that's the character of God that we are reflecting. And brethren, that is why we get married. It is not a societal construct. And there is a specific design to marriage. And that is why it will never be okay for anything that changes the definition of the originator of marriage. It defiles the institution of marriage. Any union that is not between a man and a woman defiles the, the, the institution of marriage. Now, that is the authority behind a worldview that is why we get married if we are to remove that then all things are permissible all things are permissible if we remove that there is really is no reason to get married we can just mate around and do whatever we want to So we have to realign our minds, our thoughts into what God has said about marriage. And this, uh, not only marriage, but vocation also, like I said. We need to follow what the scripture says about how we should conduct ourselves in the institution of marriage or in the institution of work. We have to see what the scripture says in uh, of how we should relate to with each other, of how we should manage the, the family. If we deviate from that, then we run into trouble. And the problem with marriage today, the reason why we are seeing an ever-increasing rate of divorce, in, 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 even in the church, is because we have left the biblical institution of marriage. We have replaced it with the cultural institution of marriage. That's a problem. That is a problem. We need to get back to that 
original design. We need to get back to the original design. We get back to the original intent behind those institutions, behind the creation. Brethren, there is, there is a purpose to why God has created everything that is created. Even an individual being, there is a purpose for his for individual creation. Yes, the ultimate goal, the ultimate purpose of every creation is to give God glory. How does a divorced, how does a broken marriage, how does it glorify God? It does not. A broken family does not glorify God because it has devastating consequences. And that's why the devil will try his utmost best to destroy the unity of marriage. It does not want the husband and wife to be united. That's why it will constantly turn the wife against the husband. Yes, granted, there is the curse in that. There is the curse in that, but that is not the subject of today. And the curse essentially is, well, naturally will, will create tension between the man and the woman, the woman and the man. But re in, in, in the redemptive work of Christ, we have been restored to the original design. We just have to make sure that we conform to that original design. We stay in the confines, often in the, within the parameter that God has set for any institution that we found ourselves. The devil will try his utmost to destroy the unity in a marriage. He doesn't want husband and wife to be one. He doesn't want children, husband, wife, and their children to be one. He wants opposing will, opposing desires, so that, well, once that union unity is, is out of it, the devil has won because every other evil then creeps in. And that's what the devil wants. He doesn't want anything that glorifies God. He doesn't want anything that honors God. He doesn't want anything that gives God his utmost um, glory that he deserves. So brethren, let's quit doing things culturally. I leave you with a scripture. And that scripture is in the book of, in the gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 7, verse 13. And it says, thus you are nullifying and making void and of no effect the authority of the word of God through your traditions, which you in turn hand down, that is you have passed it down generations upon generation, and many things of this kind you are doing. We have replaced the design of God with our culture, with our tradition. And because we have done this, we are not seeing the effect that we should be seeing. Churches are not producing fruit as they should be producing. There is no power in services anymore. Christian life is no longer powerful simply because we are now cultural, culturally centered. Just because it looks like or it, it agrees with the scripture, it does not make it scriptural. Find out what the scripture says about it and do it. That is how we produce the power. That is how we produce the result that we're supposed to get. Not after traditions of men. The, transition, the traditions of men make it of non-effect. 
And it is also in all that we've mentioned, even in the church, we've established certain things that are just traditions, even things that have spiritual um, backing, even things that have spiritual precedent. We have created a tradition around it that has basically taken away the effect that it should have. Instead of people doing it the way God has prescribed it. Now we just do it as a thing of tradition and yet we're not getting the power that it should produce. We should go back to the scripture. We should go back to the word of God. Thank you and see you next time.